listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Animal Party is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code PARTY10, P-A-R-T-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. Hello! It's Animal Party with Deborah Wolf here on Pet Life Radio. Only the day, today, today, today is a Halloween party. And not just any Halloween party. We're going to go look at True Blood. We're going to have a True Blood Halloween party. We're going to talk about this incredible new show on HBO that some of you may have seen, some of you maybe not. But if you like animals, listen to this show and maybe you'll think about catching it because we're going to talk about it from the perspective of two people who love animals and have found the show and watched the show and can't get over how fascinating it is for animal lovers to watch this show. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the real wolves used on the set. We're going to talk about Wolf Rescue and other animals used on the set and some of the actors and actresses and some of the stories. So if you're in the mood for some Halloween fun, you're going to hear about vampires and werewolves and shapeshifters today. And to help me do this, I'm going to welcome to the show the person who is guilty of getting me started on this in the first place, Pets Weekly's editor and uh, principal writer Stacey Mantle is on the show today. She's from Pets Weekly Magazine, and I've had her on before. Last time she was on, she told me about this show she was into called True Blood and asked me if I'd ever seen it. And I said, no, no, I'm not really into blood, not really into violence or creepy stuff. And she said, well, there's a lot of animals in it. Why don't you check it out? And I said, you know what? If it's that cool, if you think it's that good, I'll watch a couple and we'll do a show on it in the fall, maybe around Halloween. And she said, okay. And I went away thinking, okay, I'll rent one, which I did. And after renting one, I ended up going back to the store and renting the entire first season and then second season. And now I've tried to catch it on TV for the third season. I've got the books waitlisted for the books. This is becoming an addiction. So welcome to the show, Stacy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Deb. Sorry about that. It's a great show, though, isn't it? Well, it is if you like werewolves and real wolves. And if you're, if you're fantasy, I mean, there was a movie a while back that had Sean Connery as half horse, half man. And I thought that was really just, was it Sean Connery or Pierce Brosnan? It was Pierce Brosnan, even better. And that was like just thrown in for the ladies watching, you know? Well, there's a lot of stuff on this show just thrown in for the ladies watching. Any woman who loves dogs is going to be into the werewolf scenes. Don't you think? Oh, there's, there's plenty of eye candy on the show, that's for sure. They've taken the best-looking people with the best bodies and dressed them in the least amount of clothing they can. And they have them do things you'd never think you could see on TV. It's very much adult entertainment. It would absolutely freak out children. In fact, if you even pause it and your kids walk into the room and see a frozen screen, it's too much for them. <laughs> You've got to turn it off. <laughs> It's a really, really adult show. But they do use actual wolves in the making of the show. And I found that interesting. They use wolf hybrids and wolves, mostly wolves. But for the uh, really intense scenes, they use what they call wolf doubles, which are wolf hybrids. And that's because a real wolf might not be able to handle a fight scene. It might not 
follow the script is what they're trying to say. So they bring in the wolf crosses that are trained a little bit more predictably. Again, not not as predictably as your average dog, but a little bit more predictably. And that's how they get that done. So I thought that was really interesting. Do you like those scenes where the men turn into wolves and they all howl? Oh, who doesn't like those scenes? Of course. <laughs> and then we've got, you know, the were tigers are coming up. and Well, were tiger and the were panthers are coming out. So, But, of course, the wolves are my favorite. You know that. <laughs> and there is a shapeshifter who turns into animals that aren't so glamorous. There's a shapeshifting lady who turns into a big, fat, pink pig on occasion. Sometimes she turns into a little Bambi deer. You know, she there's flexibility. Now, how would you like to have that power? Anytime you're in a tight jam, you can just zip, turn into a bug and fly away, or turn into a horse and cut through the crowd. Wouldn't that be nice? Most definitely. You know, there's a difference between the shifters and the wares. I think you've probably picked up on that by now. So mm-hmm. the wares are born the werewolves, the panthers, the tigers, all that fun stuff, they're born that way with a certain gene that's usually activated during... Uh, puberty? Oh, I'm sorry, that's the shifters. Yeah, during puberty. Uh, that's the shifters, not the wares. The wares end up having a separate gene, but they end up getting bit or transferred, and that's how they usually end up with that. So, of course, it depends on the mythology and which show you're writing and watching and which books you're reading. Everybody has their own theories, but yeah... Uh, Sam is the one that that turns into a collie that I think you saw. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the collie, mm-hmm. that collie is is a great dog. It's really well trained, and the trainer is a, a man named Boone Boone Training, and uh, he was interviewed and asked, "What's the hardest animal you work with on set on Trueblood?" And his response was, "Humans." Humans are the hardest animal to work with on the set. And I thought, yes, right I would, on, mister. You're in the right Don, kind of way. Don't really talk back. <laughs> and they great. use all kinds on it. They've had owls. They've had, they've had a lot of animals on this set. So um, the wolves and the wolf hybrids, though, they do play a big role. And um, one thing I find interesting is when you take a dog or even a cat to a set, when I've done this kind of work, you need them to sniff around and orient themselves. But with a wolf, it's so much longer. They need 20 minutes, 30 minutes on a set before they can do what they're supposed to do. They need to sniff every single smell. So that must be a little bit hard to accommodate on a busy, bustling TV set. I guess they have to allow for that in every scene. Wow. Yeah, now I can picture that because they are so curious and they want to be in control, you know, which is, I think, part of the appeal of werewolves in general is it is a controlled environment, but they're reacting in an out-of-control way when they shift. So it's kind of that two nature. They call them two nature, and I think it kind of goes beyond just changing into an animal. It, it goes into that control versus lack of control as well. So it's kind of interesting to watch that. Don't go anywhere, because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Animal Party is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS. America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash party, P-A-R-T-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. 
Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pet's ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go! Some of the ancient myths are less like what we see now. You know, man totally transforms and becomes completely a wolf for a night or a full moon or, you know, like, like our modern myths. But in the olden days, we had some myths that were more like if you ate raw meat and, and certain people who were accused of horrible crimes were considered to be werewolves and there was a time in history when there were actual wolves preying on people but people believed it was a werewolf so some of that you know sometimes a werewolf is blamed for a wolf and sometimes a werewolf is blamed for a crazy person uh, who's very very violent so it's interesting how history has has contributed to this but it's been around so long and in almost every country the werewolf myth, their story. And I, I find that really interesting that it's just, it's everywhere, all over the place, Europe, and, and they have all different names for it. And it's all the different, like, it's not just the Greek mythology, it's other mythologies too. It's really, really well represented. It almost makes you wonder if perhaps there's something to it. Sure, absolutely. And there is a huge, very long history on it. I mean, you've got it back to Norse mythology. You've got it, I mean, with Odin and Loki, they were, they were two uh, wolves of course, uh, Greek mythology, you got Tiresias, uh, I mean, there's tons, and Zeus changed into a swan and a dozen other animals so he could, you know, somehow tempt all these women that he was impregnating and end up with all these demigods, so that's been around for years. Centuries. Well, and the native myths, at least in Canada, the, the First Nations people myths, often have changes, like the creation myths. How, how did we get animals on the earth? Well, they don't have Adam and Eve in the garden and all that and, you know, creating well, days of creation or anything like that. What they have is a creature that is wolf. It becomes one of the other, you know, it transforms one into the other and then back again. And, and so they have a lot of these kind of shape-shifting transformation type ideas. So I th- well, and we have a, we have a ton down here as well with the Apaches. In fact, I had a good friend of mine who uh, came over to stay for a couple of couple of days, and he realized that I had a coyote wolf hybrid and refused to come into the house. He was absolutely convinced this dog was going to turn into something, some man, and destroy him. When he you know, oh, the coyote, the coyote's the trickster. Yeah, and the coyote is like a menacing, uh, manipulative, playful prankster, but his pranks aren't good. Yeah, (laughs) you don't want to meet him. So so he was terrified and wouldn't wouldn't stay here because of that. It was so funny. But, yeah, he he just wouldn't be in the room with them. And then you've got the doppelgangers from history. You've got, I mean, there's different ways of talking about that. Uh, I mean, there's just so many animals out there. And you do wonder if there's something a little more to it. Yeah. And when when you're out in the wild, a lot of people may not have ever heard this. I have heard it. I've heard coyotes talking to each other. It's like a yip, yip, yip kind of a sing song. Higher pitch than you think anything natural could make. Sort of like a siren almost. 
And you hear them running along the rivers because the rivers here are almost like a highway through nature. These huge, dense forests and the rivers run through them and they run through the river and or along the river banks. So you hear them running along the paths of the rivers, yip, yip, yipping all the way along. And as they go, the neighborhood dogs, the farm dogs, bark at them in groups. So you hear the answering and the answering, the defense of the territory. Well, with the wolves, you don't usually hear that at all. What you hear is one. And then oftentimes you'll hear another from a completely different direction. And one thing I thought was interesting here is that with True Blood, when they have to get the wolves to howl, which they do, you can see it, they can't do it on command. Now, they got these 200-pound wolves. They're timber wolves, gray wolves. They're trained impeccably, and they can do them, get them to even stand on ladders for the transformation scene. So they got them really, really well trained. But it's like against their nature to do that kind of a group howl like that in, a, in an artificial setting. They don't do it. So the only way they can get them to do it is they take a really important pack member, probably a sheep, and they take her away. And the group starts to try and find her. If they take the alpha female or the alpha male away, everybody starts to howl to call her back. And that's how they get that, oh, that I love so much that sends all the hair up on your arms and makes you realize, okay, your life is in danger. Yeah, absolutely not. It's a beautiful sound. There's a greyhound roo when you take the whistle that the track greyhounds have been used to being trained with. When you take that whistle and you play it, it's kind of a weird noise. They all light up and they all howl. They roo. They all right together. And so when they have greyhound rescue meets, I've done dog shows there and, you know, been there training greyhounds and done some charity work with them. And, and they do this at the end of the day. They play this thing and every greyhound in the room stands with their head pointing at the ceiling, howling away. Wow. You know, and that's something I think people forget. Sometimes people think wolf hybrids are more dangerous than other dogs. And in fact, they are. They are. But they're about, when you compare the statistics of how many there are versus how many attacks over a 15-year period between 79 and 1994 in America, the number one dog you're most likely to get attacked by was a pit bull at 0.43%, just the way they did these, these numbers. And the, the wolf dog was way, way down from there way, way down, 0.00025%, so far less than the pit bull. But wolf crosses, wolves, they're not like other dogs. And I think one thing that surprises people is when you own one, it changes. You can have a perfectly trained, happy, easygoing dog that you seem to be able to deal with until it's two or three. But once it hits maturity, which for wolves is late, it is going to change at about four years old. And then at about seven, it's going to change again. So a lot of these animals get given up. People buy them. People breed them. There's a huge amount. Some say 300,000 in the United States. Some people say 2.5 million wolf crosses and wolf hybrids and wolves. But many, many of them get given up and there's no place for them. So you got to neuter or spay yours if you've got it. And don't, don't buy one. Go rescue one because there's tons of them available. And they sit in the foster homes and the foster rescue places and they get really well trained to the point where they're actually able to go out again. So you're better off getting one that's been rehomed and retrained by the experts than trying your hand at it yourself with a wolf cub. It's not a puppy. Absolutely. No, we've, we've talked about this before too. I mean, I've had hybrids my whole life and, and they are very, very difficult to work with. I mean, they're not watchdogs. They're the first ones to run at any confrontation. Um, you know, you want that in a wolf dog or a wolf hybrid because you don't want to be challenged constantly. They're still going to do it, but you know, it's, it's not something where they're going to come try to tear your face off. They're not like that. They're very, 
docile, I guess, for the most part. But they're also escape artists too, you know, and that's important for people to realize. They'll get out of anything. I mean, we have like to no other. They're like a man. They escape like a man. If you you lock your neighbor in your yard and put fences and everything up and you left him for a day, he would get out. He just somehow would. He'd make a tool or something. These wolves, they're unbelievable. I had one who wasn't very much wolf at all. And one of the rescue places say people overestimate the amount of wolves and their dog all the time. And that really all dogs are wolves. So so that they get these people coming in and, oh, it's 50% wolf. And the dog looks like a Labrador retriever with a little bit of cockapoo, but it has pointy ears. You know, and they're like, I don't think so, you know, but, (laughs) but, uh, so that's another problem is how many of these numbers, how do you determine it? And if you do blood tests, well, a lot of dogs are going to show wolf ancestry. That doesn't mean it's recent. So I think that would be a really hard thing to determine, but yeah, people are giving them up because they're moving, they're getting divorced, they have a new baby, they can't contain them. They get escapes. These are the top four. Now the escape containment thing. Oh my God, do they ever. The escape containment thing, I, I had a basically a custody battle over this dog that my boyfriend owned. It was a wolf cross, and I fell in love with the dog, and immediately we were just inseparable and jogging on our way to school, and he would wait for me while I went to classes, and it was just great. It was just great. I totally discovered Vancouver and the Pacific Northwest and all the trails and all these things that were too dangerous for a woman alone. Now I was on the beach whenever I wanted to be and in the trail at night, and with my wolf cross, I could go anywhere, and he was a happy, happy animal once he found me. So the man and I broke up, and the dog didn't like that. So he just kept routinely, continuously, defiantly escaping and ending up at my door to the point where he knew what time I got up. I'd open the door and he'd have just shown up. Like he had it timed, you know, and the former <laughs> owner, I mean, he fenced and he tied and he did this, that and the other. And it was, must've taken the dog two minutes to get out of there. Like nothing, nothing. And, and then he sold the dog to someone and the dog came back and then he gave the dog to someone's dad in another town across a river and the dog came back. I mean, it's just, you cannot continue a wolf cross or a wolf dog if it doesn't want to be contained. So I think that's really important to know. Yeah, we had to put in footers. Uh, well, I think we had three-foot footers down in our fencing. We had to surround the entire fence line, uh, put in slants and inverted inverted gates on it. I mean, and, and that was just, that's just typical for, for a hybrid of any, you know, of any kind. They're just, they really out, they think things through before they act. And that's the thing that that I think is really surprising to a lot of people. They're used to the golden retriever. I'm, I don't mean to knock down race or breeds, but, you know, that goes dog then, behaving and listening, and there's a certain personality. Well, what's the world yeah, for the coyote yeah, the golden, If you had a golden in a fenced area and he had no balls and there were balls on the other side of the fence, he would probably figure out a way to somehow create an opening to get the ball through, somehow. But Absolutely. That would, be about, that would have to be the scenario, and that would be the goal, whereas the wolf... That's completely different. It's completely different motivation. To be on the other side of the fence. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's the shit. You know. And the skill and set. So even true. the even the almost thumb-like digit. I mean, their paw just works differently. Every, their jaw is so much stronger. They can open anything. Like it's just right. they can literally shove aside wood with their nose. I mean, they're not the same. Oh, they'll, so they'll climb things. I mean, they'll. And the thing with with training them is you can teach them one way to not do something. Like if they go and walk into a bedroom they're not allowed to be in, and they walk in a certain direction, you can tell them they're not allowed to be in that bedroom. 
and they'll leave. They'll, they won't come back in that room at that that way. But they will find another way in, whether it's through a window, <laughs> the window, through, you know, <laughs> over over top of something. I mean, you have to tell them it's every so single way that it's wrong for them to do it to let totally. them get get a hold of that. I mean. What time this dog might get escaped and I got the usual note from the postal delivery, you know, we're not going to deliver your mail until you contain your dog, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, okay, I come home, there he is in the backyard looking like he'd never escaped. So I brought him out to the front and I said, how did you do it? How did you get out? And so he went and showed me, like completely, proudly. He's like, this is how I did it, you know. Oh, and yeah, he didn't, no, he didn't bother male people. It was just they didn't like the look of him. He would sit there wagging his tail, hoping they might have a treat, but they, were, <laughs> they weren't going to dance it. And yeah, that's something, when you, when you said about the way they jump, I once got a new vehicle when I had this Wolf Cross mic, and he was already old, you know, maybe nine, like, not young at all. So I didn't think of him as an athlete, really. And he was at the back of the truck, and I opened it up, and it was, I forget if it was a minivan or an Explorer, something like that, some kind of SUV. And I opened it up the way he was supposed to, and I said, get in the car, Mike. And he'd never seen the car before. And he looked at it, and he really wanted to go. And he literally sprung up like a deer and landed on the roof. Because he wanted to go, but he couldn't quite figure out where he was supposed to go. Uh, yeah. One of my and first pirates, I, like, I named the Kila. Oh my God, you could jump. It's just amazing. So every time he stayed in the yard, it was by choice. Like clearly, you know, no matter what I thought. Uh, But let's get back to the show because there is some protest from PETA about them using wolves in the show. But on the other hand, there's several organizations that rescue wolves that deal with wolves that are saying it's great for wolves. It's great to have them working. They're only using rescue wolves, and they're only using retrained rescue in the show. So it's, it's great to give these dogs, wolves, a chance to do something and to afford their keep. They're paid $600 a day, the wolves who are in the show. And you can't have cell phones around them because they're kind of ADHD. They really get distracted easily, and then they'll keep trying to find the cell phone. <laughs> so God. it's a cell phone-less set, <laughs> which I think That's is great. interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Pete is against it, but lots of the wolf rescue people are for it. They're using wolf rescue and they're presenting an image, which is, you know, I, th- I kind of think we're a little stuck on the idea that your wolf is your best friend or he's your enemy. He's going to rip out little red riding hood and her grandmother too, you know, and isn't there right. something in between? And I, I think I'm hoping the show is going to get at that, at the pack politics, at the personalities, at the, at the real the real life of the wolf. What do well, you think? And I'm not sure True Blood will be the one to do that, but <laughs> the show to do that. But I do think it's really, I think it's great that they're using real wolves and, and rescue wolves. I, I think that they're showing, they're not pets. I mean, and I think that's the important thing to get across to people. I mean, I, I know that I talk about mine a lot. I love them, but I only work with rescue. I would never buy from a breeder or anybody else. It's strictly rescue, and it's usually dogs that have escaped or been a problem or whatever that I that I've been able to work with. Um, I think it's important to show them as wild animals and really that's where they belong. I mean, let's keep them in the wild. I mean, that's the best place for them, but the ones that are here, we need to take care of. And and we, you know, what what better way to do it? You know, when you talk about the real wolves, I think of Farley Mowat, an author from, you know, Canadian literature. We all had to read him in school, Never Cry Wolf. And he's just now this year, right now, like in the next couple of weeks, going to be for the first time ever on the Canadian Walk of Fame. You know that, the, where they put the thing in the floor, on the ground, those stones outside? We've got one in Toronto. Anyway, so he's finally <laughs> made 
So he's getting inaugurated and he'll have his little, you know, stone with his, with his name. And, and I think that's great because it's going to show more attention. He was the first guy. I was back in grade school when I read his book. And he was the first guy to go out there and act like a wolf and live like a wolf and pee on the perimeter and do what they did and hunt like they hunted and really, really check it out. And so uh, we owe him a big debt to our understanding of dogs today and, and wolves as well. And I think ourselves and the human bond with dogs and how it, how it arrived to the state it did and how for so long mankind and, and wolves or, or puppies, dogs have been domesticated by us to work together. So I really think we owe him something big. And I hope he likes True Blood. I hope he's watching the I, show and appreciating that these are rescues. I hope so, too. We'll have to, it'll be interesting to hear how that all goes. I, I didn't even know he was being nominated, so that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be nice to see. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on, back in a few. Animal Party is brought to you by Pet Care Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings up to 50%. And if you find a lower price on a certified EPA and FDA approved medication, Pet Care Rx will match that price. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code ANIMAL10, A-N-I-M-A-L, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do, and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand. This is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. So you tell me there's a panther coming, huh? I guess, is that a shapeshifter? Yeah, but yes. Well, and actually, it's a were-panther. It's a very complex world that she's created, but yeah, okay, so it's a were-panther. It's not a shapeshifter. Um, and there's a whole group of them. It's a huge spoiler alert, but there's a whole group of them living in hotshots. So so anyway, this whole group of panthers or pride are all living up there, and, and oh, that's what wild. they do. They're very rare. They're very hard to find. And, and I think a lot of Sherilyn Harris's uh, influences come from the South, and of course, the, in Florida, the panther's endangered. So, so it's mm-hmm. kind of a good thing that that she's doing. She's really bringing some awareness to some of these animals that, you know, in a non-invasive, non-preachy way, you know, which I think is important. Uh, there's also a were tiger coming that you'll. Well, I'm assuming he'll be showing up on on HBO. Oh, nice. Uh, and yeah, great, great guy. And he's the only one. He's the only were tiger. So again, we're going back to that endangered look at animals. From a you know this weird point of view as urban scene. So, but there, it seemed to me the hotshot people were trying to make this young girl breed or inbreed with her relatives so as to keep the line going. So they're not like 
the werewolf where you have a, a sort of predisposition for it, but then you must get bitten. They're more like the shapeshifter that's born, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that would be the case. You know, she treats werewolves and werepanthers or tigers or any of the other animals very differently. Um, and it's hard to keep keep up with what the rules are for everything. And of course, I mean, it's it's fiction, so you can kind of do what you want. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, there. I I don't know exactly how that works with that. I mean, I've read all the books, and I'm a huge fan, but I'm not sure exactly how it works in Hot Shot, other than the inbreeding is very preferred. So keep the line pure. At one point in the show, it was a pretty funny line. It, <laughs> two of the, oh gosh, I have to think of their name. The policeman, the heavyset policeman who's always drinking. I can't think of his name. Andy? Yeah. Andy yeah. Belfler mm-hmm. is in the car with the guy, Jason, the Sookie's brother, right? And they're having a little <laughs> joke and they're talking and, he's, and they're talking about the shapeshifter and he says, well, when he changes into a dog, if he has sex with another dog, can he? And do they have puppies? And, and is that, like, he starts to ask all these questions. Like, is that bestiality or is that okay? And are they both dogs? And, and the, the other guy just says, shut up. You know, he doesn't want to think about any of this. But it is odd. You know, how do these, these beings reproduce? And in that moment, exactly. is and he again, truly nice a dog? To, it's nice to be able to go back and say, yeah, it's fiction. You know, because yeah, I know, but it's interesting that, to follow really. it. Yeah, no, it is funny. It is interesting, and I have no idea what the answer to that question is, and she never addresses it in any of her books or any of the movies. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm guessing if they're dog, they're dog, right? For me, it's delightful <laughs> to watch a show for a bunch of different reasons. One of them is just that when something like this happens, you know, all of a sudden this bartender squats down and becomes a canine and runs off with another dog, and they go running and playing. That's just my fantasy. My fantasy is to be able to say to my dogs, okay, you want to go for a walk? And they all go, yep. And I say, okay, break. And now I'm a border collie and off we go. You know, wouldn't that be fantastic? I mean, really, if, if I could have done that with my all. blue healer, we could have gone with, uh, with the goats and brought them in and brought them out. Oh, would have been terrific, you know? Or, or when the sure. intruder shows up, maybe I'll be a Rottweiler. And, you know, when I'm tired at the end of the day, maybe I'll change into a little cockapoo and let someone carry me around. <laughs> you know, it's just got so many advantages. I just love the shapeshifter. But then, okay, so I like that. I was thinking about that. I was watching the show thinking, oh, wow, I could be any animal at any time and really discover their environment, really see what it's like to be them. And then I thought I saw the werewolf thing. And that was just like, okay, wait a minute. Now, there doesn't seem to be she-wolves, though, in the werewolf community. They seem to mate with human kind of rock and roll chicks, sort of. <laughs> Biker yeah, chicks, they are they? I mean, what are these girls? That's one particular pack, and there are other oh, packs. But that particular pack is the one that eats or drinks vampire blood, so they're a little crazier than normal. I mean, the guys in that pack are also the same way. Do the other packs have she-wolves? Yeah, no, all of them would have to have she-wolves, I would think. But yeah, no, they do have, they're, they're rarer than the male male werewolves, but they okay, do have I'm them. I'm back in again, and that's because why I was prized. having a hard time fantasizing being, you know, for better, I, I hate to use this word, but it's right in this case, being the bitch of one of the werewolves was not my fantasy. But being a werewolf myself, now maybe I could go with that. I think I'm back on, on course with the werewolves again. <laughs> and they do have the roles, you know, she's assigned the roles to each of the pack members. I mean, the, there's very few females in her stories, female werewolves, mm-hmm. um, mostly because, you know, Suki means the majority of the, the attention. But, 
Yeah, I think if she were to extend it, I think she'd be getting more into that. She does talk about the roles of the women that are involved. Um, they are, you know, they have the caretaker, the nursemaid, the the alpha, and Debbie would be one of the alphas. Um, that's why the males are all sniffing around her and trying to get her attention. So, mm-hmm. so the one oh, that yeah. is profiled no. may not be the best example. She's the hard rock girl that you're talking about. And they don't seem to mate for life like real wolves. So they haven't taken all of the facts of the wolf and applied it to the werewolf. They're definitely not wolves, but they're wolfy. That's for sure. And I mean, for anyone who wants, if you used to watch Baywatch to look at the bodies, Baywatch has nothing on this show. These people, (laughs) these people are the best looking people. I cannot, I mean, they're supposed to be supernatural, I guess, and that's partly why they're cast like this. But everybody's got the abs of steel definition. Everybody looks amazing. And they wear almost nothing, and they're really, really friendly with each other. There's, there was a, a whole four or five episodes where they were under the influence of a, a maenad who was basically an agent of the devil trying to marry the devil, an ancient, ancient witch, and she sort of controlled the whole town into sex orgies and drunkenness and, uh, you know, definitely, definitely adult TV. But at the same time, all through that, we had this shapeshifters and the werewolves and the vampires and lots of good, good storyline and lots of animals for people like me to watch. So I'm, I'm loving this And show. if you don't want to watch this show, you can always read the book because the book is not racy at all. You're not going to find any huge sex scenes or anything like that oh, going okay. on. The books are very tame, and anybody would really enjoy those. So so be sure to pick those up by Charlene Harris. So the show is doing some good work by using uh, rescue wolves for their scenes, but some of the actors are also doing good work. So the actors who play Suki and uh, Bill were marching for pets, and I talked about that on my show before, a, f- a few weeks back. They went into a fashion show, and each was given a homeless animal, and they were all gussied up, both the person and the animal, and they walked a runway, and then all the money went to charity. So so that was really nice to see. And since then, I've been doing some more research on some of the actors. And so two of my favorite vampires, Alexander Skarsgård and of Kristen course. Bauer. Absolutely. They are Alexander's both- my favorite. Well, yes. Okay. I can see why. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. like an Aryan god. I mean, the guy is sure, just Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah, he's got the Norse. Fangs the or Norse no fangs. mythology thing going. Oh, even for someone who isn't attracted to that type. These people are so archetypal in their beauty that even if you're not attracted to that type of person or even that gender, you can't help but see how beautiful these people are, especially the way absolutely. they contrast them. But anyhow, he's... Pale for my taste, <laughs> especially made up as a vampire. But but he is huge. He makes everyone look petite on that set. The guy must be six seven. He's just huge. Yeah, and you know, well muscled and all that. But he's uh, he's come out in support of whales. So he's doing his part to offer up his time and be a spokesperson for saving whale habitat and and protecting whales. And Kristen Bauer, who's supposedly his daughter, and let's. Yeah, when the supernatural beings reproduce, it's not really like we do it. But anyway, he made her. He he's her maker. So Kristen Bauer, this beautiful blonde bombshell, she has a ton of animal rescue work on her website and lots and lots of organizations she supports, including Monkey Rescue to save monkeys from labs and uh, the International Fund for um, Animal Welfare. So I want to thank the cast for doing their good work. And if ever anyone from the show or anyone from Hollywood wants to come on and talk about the good work they're doing, I'd love to have them on the show. But let's talk a little bit more. So how does a vampire make another vampire? 
Well, they have to. <laughs> There's several theories on this, but let's work with True Blood's theory. Uh, they would have to drain the person, and then feed the per- that person would have to feed on the vampire. So the vampire drains the person of their, all their blood, and then the person that was drained feeds he feeds them or her their blood, and that's how they become a vampire. So they have in this one they call what they call them fangbangers, and these are people that are running around with vampires trying to become vampires, and they're hoping that by acting good they're going to end up in their good graces, and the vampires will turn them. If they also have the what what is the other one called? Do you remember um, the drainers? Yeah, the drainers are the drainers. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, they're vampires. Right, so they're draining the blood to get all the. So you can technically, in this show anyway, drink the blood without becoming a vampire. You would have to be drained of all your blood and die before you could become a vampire. Now, how do they decide who they're going to turn? Like, I remember when the redheads presented, young, innocent girl is presented, and a vampire is forced as part of his punishment to make her, because he's never made anybody. But are they all allowed to make whenever they want, or or not? Well, you know, the sheriffs are. Like, Eric is a sheriff of his uh-huh. particular town. Um, so the sheriffs can kind of do what they want, but they have anybody else would have to have the sheriff or the queen's permission in this particular world. I mean, of course, it changes from series to series, everybody's different. But in this world, that's what happens. You have to have permission. Um, Unless you're a sheriff or a queen or a king. They have a king as well. You haven't met yet, but he'll be showing up. There's many ways to to turn somebody. Phil had to turn the redhead as a punishment because he had lived for 200, 300 some odd years without turning one. And his worst thing was that he he didn't want anybody else to have to experience his, his lifestyle his yeah. lifestyle as a vampire. So he did not, he never wanted to turn anybody else. He just wanted to be, you know, he just wanted to be what he was and deal with it. And he's trying to main, they call it mainstreaming. Mm-hmm. So Live like in normal. This world, everybody knows about vampires, right? And everybody knows, nobody knows about werewolves. That's all secret. They haven't come out yet. Oh. That's kind of a closet thing. Um, so the regular humans know all about vampires, but they know nothing about the shapeshifters or the werewolves or anything else. And the way they've cast it, the vampires are these ageless, sort of um, European traditional beauties, men and women. But the werewolves are like scruffy jocks. <laughs> so, right. It's very believable. Depending on the pack. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I guess, okay, I haven't met them. But the vampires are all about detail in the way they live and high life and trying to make day into night or night into day like by decoration and decor and rituals teas and fancy this and fancy that and they're all into how they present themselves the designer clothing and stuff like this and uh the vampires i've seen so far in jeans and plaid t-shirts so it's quite a quite a contrast right there and i think they're supposed to hate each other they sure act like they hate each other most of the packs, well, anyway. Well, and that feeds into the whole history of vampire and werewolf. I mean, they've always been at odds with each other, usually because the vampire is more refined and elegant, and the werewolf, like you're saying, is more base, and, and they, they rely more on their instincts. It's more of an instinctual creature, which that's why you have this Team Edward, Team Joseph that we're talking about in Twilight, because mm-hmm. Edward would be the more refined, you know, Joseph is the more, you know, Okay, I'm not willing to take on another addiction. You are not hooking me on some other show. I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm with this one. I'm, wait, I'm waiting till the next. I know. 
I know, but I'm into this, you know, I watched one show because you told me to, and then it never stopped. <laughs> Make it so I didn't feel guilty. I was using my um, training machine, you know, one of those elliptical running machines. And so sure. I'm, I now run, I now run 10K, thanks to True Blood. I'm, uh, <laughs> I was, I had got injured last summer. I had injured my ankle and I'd been only up to 5K. And then when I started watching True Blood, it was like, oh, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. So I ran more and I ran more. And all these scenes with these beautiful bodies makes you really want to be fit. So, bam, I'm up to 10K. And, and thank That's you for great. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so... I haven't found um, that motivation. <laughs> you had me watch a lot of shows to prepare for this. You know, so far, I don't see anything about bats and vampires, which kind of surprises me. And I did get an email asking me if bats get caught in people's hair and if bats bite people before the show. So I wanted to say bats can bite people. They don't usually. They prefer other things. There is a bat called a vampire bat which drinks blood, but again, it would prefer livestock. It would prefer other things. Uh, Bats generally are good things because they're around your home and they they kill tons and tons and tons of mosquitoes, which is their favorite thing. So if they're flying around you, it's because you probably have light with you and it's attracting bugs and they're eating the bugs. If you want to do a game with a bat, if you have an area that has a lot of bats, try warming a tennis ball in your hands for a few minutes or keeping it in your pocket, and then toss it in the air really high. And it'll confuse the bats for just a second. They'll swarm it, figure out what it is, and then rush away again. But you can actually kind of play with them. <laughs> Get them to come out, go out, come out, go out. It's a good Halloween trick for our listeners today. And they work on sonar. and the, Yeah, that's, that's why it would be attracted to that. Now, we, well, I was camping one time. We had a bat that, well, a whole bunch of bats that actually flew around our campsite and got lodged in one of my friend's hair and uh oh, it really did happen did oh she was flipping out completely flipping out and then my she got upset i had two wolf hybrids at that point we're out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> they went nuts so they were trying to help and she's getting what she felt like was being attacked by dogs and then you know of course the so she had the wolf and the bats going on at the same time and i so wish i had a video camera back then because we were uh-huh. laughing so hard we couldn't even do anything to help her it was just hilarious but <laughs> but yeah they they fly into you by accident i mean it's usually i don't know i guess not paying attention to sonar but their ma- their mouths are not big enough to really bite it's pretty rare um but they do carry rabies so you got to be careful mhm oh recently and, i had to trap a raccoon and i had to use oh, um, no. yeah Raccoon has been eating our garbage and turning things over. And it's really mad that we're not feeding it anymore. So it's turning over buckets of cat litter and plants and just, you know, feed me, feed me. So, okay, we trap it. Now, this trap we got for it says for raccoons. It's even got a picture of a raccoon on the front. I'm really, this is like my pet peeve of today's show. How can you make something that just does it's there's no way this thing is really for raccoons, but there it is with the label on the thing. And there's nothing else you can buy at the farm store except this for raccoons. And okay, we buy this what seems like a huge trap till the thing gets in there. And then yeah, if the raccoon fits the trap, then it has arms a certain length, right? If the raccoon fits a trap, which it did, it got in, it got stuck, it was in there. Okay. Now it's alive and well, and we have to release it somewhere. That's our situation. The way the trap's designed, you'd think they'd know how long a raccoon's arms are. They made a raccoon trap. They put the handle right where the raccoon can scratch the heck out of you. (laughs) You're worried about babies, but you're also worried about bleeding to death. This thing is mad at you, really mad. Yeah, and talk about adaptive intelligence. It was in there all night because we trapped it about midnight, and we had to release it the next day. And... You know, it was, I watched it through the window, trying to get out, rolling on its back, trying this way, trying that way, trying this way, very patient, very meticulous, 
very, very likely to escape. I was keeping an eye on it. And my dogs, of course, kept us up all night yelling, raccoon, raccoon. Well, you know, those are are very similar to the feral cat traps. And we have the same problem where the cats will reach up and and grab a hold of you. We always, yeah, we always tell people, wear gloves. That's where being in Canada comes in handy because uh, we have hockey sticks and hockey gloves always on hand. So you (laughs) insert a hockey stick through the handle. You get another person, you both put on hockey gloves and you each grab one hand of the stick, like one end of the stick. And then you kind of go almost like a, a pharaoh's litter, you know, the way they used to carry the guy with put the sure. hockey stick on your shoulder. <laughs> but don't get oh, too close. Yeah. That's a great idea. I wish we had the manpower for that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You need <laughs> when it comes to trap for TNR. You yeah, need no, the there, there's yeah, we need a couple of hockey players down here when it comes to that. I'll tell you, that'll throw your back out. Okay, so anybody listening today who's a hockey player and wants to get involved in Cat Rescue, Stacy is calling to you. Go to PetsWeekly.com. She's looking for you. Anybody with muscles. You. you don't have to be a yep. cat whisperer. You can just be willing to lift things, and they will make, <laughs> they will make we'll, use of you. We'll put you to work, absolutely. <laughs> and it's good weather right now, so... <laughs> oh, what's your weather We're like? In the seventies, right? Well, today it's going to be around ninety, but it'll be in in the seventies next week and seventies, eighties. I hope. Hopefully, it'll so we had seventies yesterday, months. but it's like every day that we get seventies and sunny, we say goodbye. You know, goodbye, sun. Oh, See you right. next month. You know, and See, and sure enough, that's our low. <laughs> that's are you We're in Phoenix? About that being our low. Are you in Arizona? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You got to book me for something up there. <laughs> I'm willing to come. Absolutely. November, December, January, welcome. February. Anybody listening, if you're in a sunny, hot place and you want someone to host a pet fair, <laughs> I will come to you because I got to well, get out of the We should do a house trade so that we can just trade out here because I'm dying for the snow. I mean, I, I miss the snow oh. so much. So oh, we'll have snow. I could totally go up head, head up that way. Yeah, no, we, snow, toboggan, snowboard skis, all that stuff that I don't want to use. We've got it. Long underwear, mittens, scarves, hats. So long as we speak, letting their coats grow out. I've got five There you puppies. go. I'm going to have to leave my husband here. So <laughs> He hates the cold, so I'm going to have to probably just come up myself, but... Well, I didn't say I was willing to do a wife swap. Wait a minute here. What am I getting myself into? I don't know. No, no, I don't no. Know he'll, I... keep, he'll keep it quiet. He'll end up on his side of the house, I promise. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a little more than what I offer. You've been weather. influenced by this show. That's what's going on here. Oh, uh, uh, buddy. Too much true blood watching, I'm telling you. I know. Well, it's definitely, it definitely has its effect. So I've not seen a lot of insects in the show, but there was one scene where the shapeshifter became a fly, which made me think, you know, could he become a snake and attack someone? And then he does. He can in- become any. Yeah, he can become anything he imprints on. So if he can see it and touch it, he can become it. Wouldn't that be so, amazing? Like, yeah, like he could he could be a deer. He could be a horse or he could be a fly. And, like, in other worlds, it's a shape and weight proportionate thing. You can only become something you're proportionate to. So if you're a 100-pound person, you can become a 100-pound animal. So but that, not in this, not in True Blood. True Blood's free of all the details. You can just True Blood use modern. Yeah, you can become whatever you want if you're a shifter. Absolutely. That's amazing. Because it's all But really you do a- have a preferred form. So his preferred form is the collie, like we were talking about, because it's a safe thing and people aren't afraid of approaching a collie or calling it. So he can, he can get in and out. Now, recently, I, one thing I liked about True Blood is they broke up a dog fighting ring. Did you see that one? No. Oh, tell he me about that. A pit bull. 
Well, Sam came in and his younger brother was, he found out that he had a younger brother. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him, brother. and he's a beagle. Right. right. He, was, he was becoming a pit bull to fight, yeah. So he was a part of this dog fighting ring, and it, Sam found out about it and became a pit bull and went in there and just tore the place up. So he broke up the dog fighting ring, and, uh, and I, I really liked that. I really liked them taking that issue on. Me too. Me too. To you know, the other day, Mike, Michael Vick got injured. He was playing football. And Bill Maher was making a comment of it. And he said, you know, Michael Vick has a leg injury. He's not going to play next Sunday. I think we should put him down. And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I say we put, put him, him in a down. pool, electrocute him. And put hold him, him down. There. I agree. Uh, Vick's <sighs> not allowed in our house at all. Not in our TV, not in any other form. He's done in my book. I, I can do without that. Well, but, uh, so yeah, dog, dog fighting is a big problem. You know, one thing people might might not know if they haven't seen the show that I think is there's touches of humor in it. The way she's worked things, like for example, every time a shapeshifter turns back into his normal form, okay, so he's in a tight situation, he changes into a dog so he can run away. All right, but when he comes back, he's completely naked. Wherever he shows up, he's naked. So for a while, everybody thought this shapeshifter was actually a nudist or a naturalist. <laughs> Because <laughs> he keeps showing up everywhere completely naked. And again, they've cast people with beautiful bodies, so you get to see a lot of people naked. All the shapeshifters you get to see naked. So that's nice. It's a nice Absolutely. little add-on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and different people handle that in different ways. There's different series and stuff. But yeah, but she, she just says the clothes go when, you, when the animal turns. So, and oh, they're always showing up I mean, somewhere embarrassed looking to borrow clothes. I mean, it's pretty funny. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, if you look like that, you probably wouldn't mind running around naked. So It's funny. A good thing they've said it somewhere not too cold because up here that wouldn't be funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, New Orleans area, that's got to be a little bit warmer than, yeah, Vancouver, Vermont, or where, where are you at? Victoria. Yeah, Vancouver. No, near Vancouver, Vancouver. in uh, British Columbia, okay. up here in Canada. Our weather's a lot like Seattle weather, but I live uh, on a farm in the rainforest at Camp Good Dog, which is on a big hill called Iron Mountain. Wow. We call it oh. a hill. Other places, they'd call it a mountain. And so I get a lot of snow, more than most people. In fact, sometimes I just drive to the nearest town and people say, oh, were you up at Whistler? And I say, no, I was at my house. <laughs> but, oh, were you near the Whistler Resort? I've been to the Whistler. Uh, fairly near, a couple hours drive, yeah. Oh, it's wow, cool, nice, nice. Yeah, it's just oh, I can totally huge, enormous trees, and when you look up in the sky, you often see eagles, and it's just beautiful here, beautiful, but we're about to get into our wet, dark season, so it's kind of sad. It's bittersweet That's this time of year. great weather, though. That's true. Yeah, cozy up weather, light a fire weather. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Watch when the I'm next season of Scoop Blood. Now, when okay. are they going to put me out of my misery and start releasing... Well, when are they going to show the last season in order? Because that's a problem I have. Okay, you got me hooked. Well, they, I went and rented them all. But now I'm on the newest season, and I see them when they happen to play them, and they're not in order. So people are dead, and then they're alive, and then they're dead. And I don't know if I'm just confused, or maybe they're vampires. <laughs> it's really hard. Or they just did a four-day marathon, or a five-day marathon, of all the series in order. And I recorded the whole thing. In fact, I bought HBO in order to do that, or I rented it, or whatever you do with HBO, just for the month, just so I could catch that particular week-long episode uh, one. So you got to uh, look for it, and then just grab it all, grab it right then, and DVR it, and then you're set. But yeah, it was it was a brilliant week. I mean, I had 25 hours straight of True Blood on season three. It was wonderful. So totally got to do that. 
Well, I look forward to the next season. I hear there's going to be witches and more werewolves. Yay, more werewolves. It's the only place on TV where you can watch a show that actually encourages you to think, what if? What if I was a werewolf? What if I could be any animal? What would it be like, you know? So it's great for animal lovers. It's great for people who like this kind of thing. And I hope we've uh, given you a little fix of true blood at Halloween for a happy Halloween. I hope everybody tunes into it because it is a fun show to watch and it's a great what if. You're right. Now, on Pets Weekly right now, because we're wrapping up the show, I've got to go in a couple minutes. We're almost done. On Pets Weekly, what can they find that has to do with Halloween? Can they find some creepy stuff? We've got some wonderful things coming out on werewolves and were creatures and how to become one, and those will be launching, I believe, next week sometime. So we're also doing some book reviews on some new series that are out that, just in case you're interested in that genre, the urban fan, they call it urban fantasy usually. And yeah, so we'll be we'll be covering quite a bit this week and I'm working on a series right now, so of course I've got a really, you know, strong interest in it, you know. And I want to remind so everybody if you've got black cats, keep them in. Set up an indoor area, even if your cat's normally outdoors, set up an indoor area with special things and treats and catnip and all that kind of stuff. Make it secure. Put signs on your door. Don't let your black cat out this time of year. There's really bad people out there doing bad things to black cats. And in my neck White of the woods... White cats have the same problem, too. Well, so in my neck of the woods, cats of any color are at risk. There's been one guy, and the police think they almost have him, but they're still looking for him. So if you have any leads, call the Vancouver or the Delta or the Surrey or the Okanagan police because there is a guy, and that's two different cities, four different suburbs, really maliciously killing cats in all these areas. And he's going out around dusk, and he's just picking up cats and murdering them and leaving them for their owners to find. So keep your cats in if you can. Be really, really careful at Halloween. Dogs shouldn't go trick-or-treating. Most dogs don't want to go. Put good ID and tags on them. Keep them at home. Keep the chocolate well away. If you dress your dog up, make sure the costume doesn't trail or tangle or get in his face or his mouth. And um, cats probably don't want to be dressed up. But if you have to, do it. Take the pictures and let the cat go. And uh, if your dog is going trick-or-treating, make sure he goes with someone in charge of him only. The kids are with somebody else. And that way, if there's fireworks, firecrackers, or people being rude and breaking bottles where he could step on broken glass, you know, something goes wrong, you can take him home. Don't put him through it. All right, everybody, be safe on Halloween. And if you want to find out more about true blood or other myths or other things about werewolves and shapeshifters and maybe take a look at Stacy's world, then go to PetsWeekly.com. Have I covered it, Stacy? I think so. Well, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you as well. Okay, thank you. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.